Welcome back to another episode of the Major Journey Podcast. This week's special guest has expertise, including the workings of the endocannabinoid system and how genetic expression plays a role in human experiences. As a certified medical cannabis specialist in medicinal genomics, he has an in-depth knowledge of genomics, cannabinoids and terpenes, and their interaction with the endocannabinoid system. Also, he holds a master's of medical cannabis and a certificate in the endocannabinoid formulation from the Institute of the Advancement of Integrative Medicine. Without further ado, welcome, Len May. Thank you. That, that's, that's a mouthful. <laughs> that is a lot <laughs> of an intro. Uh, yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No, of course, Len. Um, I mean, as CEO and co-founder of of Endocana Health, you deserve it, man. You've you've been able to put together some pretty incredible things, and I think this is just the beginning of yeah. some of the work that you're doing. So, rather than me doing all the talking, why don't you share with listeners what Endocana is all about and how you've been able to couple the um, kind of your background and your expertise in genomics with the yeah. endocannabinoid system, because a lot of us are starting to really get a good understanding of how that plays with the rest of the physiology physiology right. of the human body and kind of how that impacts our day-to-day. So could you give us a breakdown on that? Yeah, absolutely. So our company uses DNA to guide individuals to a personalized therapeutic and wellness experience. So it's not only cannabis, it's your endocannabinoid system. So we have this system within our bodies. Uh, called the endocannabinoid system, and your listeners may already know about it, but just in case there's somebody that doesn't know about it, I'll sort of give my own definition and explanation of it so it's less science-y. Uh, the endocannabinoid system is a primary uh, modulating system. So think of it this way. Think of it as sort of the puppet master. And what it does, it helps to regulate all the other systems like a puppet master. And the goal of the endocannabinoid system is to make sure that things are in balance. So like homeostasis and the way they, another analogy to paint, think of it as salmon swimming upstream. So basically what happens to all the systems, uh, they put out signals, they go and address a certain uh, situation, but what the endocannabinoid system does, it gets those signals back from the other systems and says, okay, we need more of this, less of this. So it is able to balance all the other systems based on endogenous chemicals that releases. And the endocannabinoid system actually produces two of its own endogenous, uh, which means in, inside uh, of, uh, endocannabinoids. One of them is called uh, anandamide. And the word anand in Sanskrit means bliss. So think of it as your bliss hormone. And it is derived from the central nervous system, your brain, mostly the amygdala part of the brain. And that is, uh, and then it's associated with a euphoric, blissful type of, uh, uh, of a, I guess, uh, you know, a feedback and, a, and blissful experience that, that you would have. And think of it as THC, right? So THC, when you consume cannabis, it mimics the way anandamide works within our bodies. And there's a receptor throughout our central nervous system and our brain called the CB1 receptor. And uh, when you consume THC in its decarboxylated form, and what I mean by that is uh, from the raw plant, when it's heated, it drops the acid molecule. Now it converts to delta-9, and then it can bind to that receptor. 
So that is the way THC works with our bodies. Uh, it imbibes those receptors that are throughout our central nervous system in our brain. And then CBD, uh, there's also the second endogenous endocannabinoid, which is called 2-AG, and that is prevalent in our immune and digestive systems. And some of these are in different parts of our bodies, but for the most part. And when you consume CBD as well without the acid molecule, it's been decarboxylated, it helps to promote these enzymes that bind to CB2 receptors and then provide you a, uh, an effect, mostly to be able to modulate and regulate your immune and digestive uh, system responses. So you have this system, but the key to this whole thing is it's personalized. So for me, you know, I discovered cannabis really early on in my life. Uh, I was diagnosed with ADD when I was a kid and my, and I was put on all kinds of prescription medication and I, all of it's really, really sucked. Some of it worked. It allowed me to kind of focus and I don't have, I'm not the hyperactive guy. I'm the guy that has like 300 windows open in my head. And, <laughs> and I never understood, you know, it's a right. uh, disorder, disorder. Well, I never, I thought of it as a superpower instead of a disorder. So you can multitask. I mean, that is my whole superpower. I can multitask effectively. And the reason why you have biochemistry for that, because you're, I'm born with depletion of dopamine. So I have less, less dopamine than the average population. So when ADD happens, what your brain is actually doing, it's looking for that dopamine hit. So you're always like, next, 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 that squirrel moment that comes up. So you're getting dopamine and dopamine is super addictive. So you want more and more and more. But what happens is if you find that one thing that's kicking off that dopamine, you can hyper-focus on that. And that's what happens with my ADD. So when you're in immersed in something and you're immersed in sports or any flow activity, you're kicking off all those uh, chemicals and uh, you know dopamine is one of them, I can hyper-focus on that. So for me, trying to figure out this puzzle, and this puzzle started out when I had um, dispensaries and I could see people, two, two individuals that had the same exact symptomatic conditions that would experience the same chemovar, uh, which is a strain uh, of cannabis, and have completely different responses to that. And it blew my mind, and I couldn't understand it. So at first, I got into the genetics of the plant. So that was part one, to understand strain names and, all, and understanding that, by the way, uh, you know, I'm getting, and I used to do genetic sequencing on the plant side. So when I find five samples of Blue Dream, let's say, I would genetically mm -hmm. sequence those and see two of them are genetically identical. So they're Blue Dream. Uh, two are related. So there's a relationship there, but they're not Blue Dream. And the, and the fifth one is not even close genetically. So, but they're all called Blue Dream. And that's why I realized strain names are just bullshit because we're already bred out of these whole land race uh, strains. So going back and figuring out that we have all these different uh, cultivars, chemovars, and we have these different cannabinoid profiles and terpene profiles. That's really what the basic uh, compound is. So aligning that with our genetics, that became an obsession. Uh, so the way that it started is we had a meeting in Harvard Medical School with physicians that were treating kids with epilepsy using CBD. And they were coming back and saying, you know, we have kids that go from 100 seizures to zero. Incredible. It's an amazing, amazing therapeutic plant. But some of them came back and said, it's really not working for our kids or it's uh, the seizures are coming back. 
So what's the difference between these uh, these cohort of kids or these kids versus uh, you know these other kids? So we went through uh, did a pharmacogenomic scan, like did their DNA, and we found that certain SNPs they had in common uh, single nucleotide polymorphisms, which is a, a variant in your genetics, and they were common for a type of epilepsy. So not just epilepsy, but a form of epilepsy called Dravet syndrome, and then we wrote a paper on that. So you can pinpoint that people have these genetic variants in common. And person A can have a different experience than person B based on what's called epigenetics. So that's genetic response to your genetic predispositions. And that's how we formed Endo back, uh, Endocana Health back in uh, 2017, brought one of the scientists with us, and then we started doing research. So the first seven to eight months, all we did was look for uh, published data references that had an association with any SNP single nucleotide, uh, single nucleotide polymorphism that has an association directly or indirectly with your endocannabinoid system. From there, we had to find, because everything has to have a reference, from there, we had to build a chip. So it's a genetic chip that we build with a, a partner company called Illumina. Illumina built our chip. So we sequence somewhere around 700,000 specific markers and then provide a report in a secure, HIPAA-compliant, fully anonymized portal that shows your genetic predispositions. Uh, think of it this way. Maybe this is a good analogy. Think of it as uh, your GPS, your ways of cannabis. So the way that it works is you swab, you send it out to our lab. We'll genetically uh, do the sequence. You can log in and get your results, just like 23andMe or Ancestry or any of the other companies do, except that you don't spit, you just swab. Uh, and then you can also take your raw data from 23andMe and Ancestry and upload it, and we'll give you results too. But the way that it works, it looks at all the symptomatic conditions that are associated with cannabis, except for disease states, because we're not FDA approved. We can't talk about diagnosis per se, unless a doctor uh, orders it. And then it shows you your pitfalls. So if I'm going back to the analogy of uh, the GPS, this road over here shows you there's a, an accident. There is a traffic jam. Uh, you know, there is construction on the road. This road over here is a much better road for you to take. It doesn't guarantee there's not going to be a pothole along the way, but it takes guesswork out because most people, they consume, you know, four to seven different formulations before they find the right one for them. And when they find the right one, there's no consistency. They keep going back and trying to find that other one and you don't know you have genetic drift or something else. So we try to take right. the guesswork out. And the one thing that I think is, is really interesting and, and even more dangerous in the industry is the people who are trying something for the first time and have a bad experience. Now, they don't go back to that. And they tell everybody around them, hey, don't take cannabis. It's snake oil. It's going to make you sick. Uh, it's going to make you freak out. It's going to make you paranoid and all these things. So we want to uh, be ahead of that. No. Anyway, long-winded way to answer your question, but uh, that's uh, that's sort of uh, you know the path. The I love journey. that. Yeah, I, I love I love how that journey is filled with so much data and so much research and so much curiosity and questioning. Right. Um, so one of the one of the things that kind of popped into my mind is that I know some people will say, you know, there's the general two buckets, right? You have your indicas, your sativas, as far as cannabis strains go. Um, indicas will typically kind of mellow you out. Sativas are generally known for that, you know, uplifting, Hey, yeah. I want to go run a marathon. 
However, I have come across folks who say if they smoke a sour diesel or a mm-hmm. more sativa dominant strain, it'll actually put them out and they kind of have a reverse effect um, right. and they're aware of it. So does that kind of tie into what you were just talking about, how everybody's actually coded a little bit differently? And forgive me if I'm not saying it properly or if I'm mixing no, up words, but no, that's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, you're saying it right. There is a We don't have to use any scientific terminology. We want to make sure that people connect to that. And you gave an excellent example. So for me, CBD, let's just use CBD. So mm-hmm. decarboxylate CBD, if I consume it, you know, my friends, my, my mom, she takes CBD and it puts her out. This is her sleep aid, which is better than a lot of other things you can put in your body. For me, right. I consume CBD. It doesn't do that for me. What it does, it just mellows me out. I can watch stupid TV, whatever. So it doesn't have the same effect. And you're absolutely right about the indicas and sativas. By the way, there really isn't such thing anymore as indica and sativa. I know that people call on that, but it's which way they lean. We did so much inbreeding that you're looking at the terpene profile of that plant to make a determination whether it leans more indica or whether it leans more sativa. The original indicas and sativas uh, they were cultivated in wherever they originated from, like Southeast Asia, uh, like the Tibetan region, the re- in Nepal, uh, that region, Kashmir, that region is known to have the earliest uh, cultivars or chemovars of strains of the indicas. Uh, they look, the plants look a little different. Uh, the, the leaves are wider, they grow shorter. And if you really uh, smell the output of the flower, it smells diesel skunky. It's got the smell. And what happened is these plants under stress, they produce a terpene uh, response. So basically every single plant has essential oils that they produce. These essential oils, uh, every single plant in cannabis, they have an effect. But these plants under stress produce that expression of the terpene and it's it was it's thought to deter the natural predators that are around that specific region. And when you put a plant in stress, and for that plant, it was not only predators, but the weather. So it had harsher weather and all that stuff. So when you isolate that, it has a skunky diesel smell and the dominant terpene, the essential oil that's dominant in that plant is myrcene. And myrcene is sedative. So it helps to be able to uh, sleep and relax. Uh, on the flip side, the plants that originated in Caribbean climates or in Africa, like South Africa, like the Durbans and the Hawaii Maui Wowies, they grow towards the sun. They stretch a little bit differently. They have a little bit different look, but they also smell differently. Same kind of thing. Uh, same expression of terpene profiles, but if you smell it, it smells a little bit fruity. I wouldn't say it smells like a strawberry, but they have a citrusy, fruitier smell, and they're dominant in limonene, which is uh, boost serotonin, which gives you that boost up, and they're the sativa dominant ones. So as we started breeding these plants out, we started breeding for high THC because we think everybody wants high THC, but we bred out a lot of the natural terpene profiles. We don't even test for terpenes, which is an extremely important part of the plant. It's a combination of the cannabinoids and terpenes, the the plant has somewhere around 500 different molecules to that. Think about it this way. You know, uh, GW Pharmaceutical isolated CBD to create epidiolex, so it's an isolated molecule. But if you're looking at over, you know, 400, 500 different molecules that are in this plant, and they have to match with your genetics as well, 
because you have millions of different SNPs. So if you know that you have a predisposition to anxiety, for instance, just as an example, and you're consuming something that is going to boost serotonin or give you that lift, that may not be the right profile for you if you're already prone to that because what will happen is it can trigger that epigenetic response that you have a genetic predisposition for. And if you know that about yourself, maybe that's something you can avoid. Like linalool, which is found in lavender, for instance, uh, as well as as cannabis uh, cultivars or strains, that helps to reduce the anxiety that's provoked by THC. Some people don't have the experience with THC and they understand THC is a vasodilator. So what will happen is constrict your blood vessels, your heart will beat faster and people are like, oh my God, oh my God, my heart is beating fast. I'm having anxiety. Okay, for the average person, you can kind of talk yourself and say, it's nothing really. It's normal to have this response. But for the person that has a genetic predisposition, it can trigger a psychosis-like effect. And if you know this about yourself, this is something that's important as well as metabolic function. Different people metabolize different things differently, food, everything else. And there is a series of uh, uh, pharmacokinetic markers uh, called cytochrome P450, and they produce enzymes to help us metabolize different things. Uh, There are specific metabolites and enzymes for cannabinoids, for CBD and THC. So if you're a poor metabolizer, and let's use an example, you consume an edible, guess what? That person maybe have a slower onset, a much more powerful onset besides your liver converting THC to 11-oxyhydroxide. But man, I've had so many calls from people over the years saying, uh, I'm going to the hospital. I've been high for two days. I ate this brownie. It's uh, 100 milligrams. It's understandable. So these are all the different pitfalls that you can avoid by understanding and empowering yourself to know your genetics because that's personal to you. That's really interesting because a lot of like everything you described is almost like it's so accurate from what almost, I feel like almost every single, you know, cannabis user has described all the way from what you described, uh, you know, from the effects of CBD to THC Mm -hmm. to edibles. Um, So essentially, oh, what, what, there was one thing on the website that I saw that, that really struck me and, mm-hmm. uh, and was very interesting. And that was endocompatibility. Yeah. And so what, what you just described, does endocompatibility kind of tie into that? Because I feel like what you just described can really help, especially in the medical cannabis community where somebody's using a product to not necessarily, you know, get high and relax on a Friday night, but they're really trying to use it to help steer them to relief. Um, But if they choose the wrong strain, they may be missing out on a lot of great, you know, healing effects and and benefits that the plant may offer. But if maybe they just chose a plant that had a slightly altered uh, terpene ratio or or something along the lines of that, they could have had a home run experience. So um, awesome insight. But yeah, what what exactly is endocompatibility? Because that was really interesting. And I came across that uh, on your company's website. Yeah, endocompatibility or endo-alignment, either or, that means that you're taking an experience from your DNA, from the swab, from your uh, saliva swab, all the way through to a product that closely matches the ratio of cannabinoids and terpenes that are more ideal for you to consume. 
So the way that it works is uh, we talked about you know, swabbing and, and sending mm-hmm. it to a lab and doing the genetic sequence and logging in. Okay, now you have a genetic predisposition. So you know what things to avoid and you know what things to consume more of. And I didn't right. even talk about drug interaction which uh, and supplement interaction, which, which I, I can and will. Um, but then the question is, okay, now that I know that my ideal formulation is a one-to-one with uh, linalool and beta caryophyllins, my primary and secondary terpene profile, what do I do? Well, how do I how do I get the product? Well, I'm I'm grateful that I'm in Southern California and we have an abundance of different varieties available. But I, if I'm in Georgia or I'm in Pennsylvania, which is a Pennsylvania's legal state, they don't have those kind of things available to them. So what we did was we built a matching algorithm that takes certificates of analysis, test results from different brands and different companies and and aligns them with a percentage of match. So it takes the information that is provided in the C of A, runs it through our proprietary algorithm and gives you what percentage of match and where to find it. So an example, if it's a product that's a CBD product, meaning hemp derived 0.3% THC or less in the United States, you can go to that company's website if it's in you know 50-60% match, and you can buy it and have it shipped to your home. If it's a product that's 0.3% THC or more, uh, which is uh, you know you can't ship across state lines, then you click on the link, you go to their website, you put in your zip code, and it'll tell you the closest dispensary that has these products that are available to you. So it's geofenced. So the uh, the experience is not just about giving you information that's anecdotal. It's giving you information that is so useful that you can actually go out and find the product that works best for you. And what we found happens with brands, we create sticky customers, I guess, that way. Because when a person finds a formulation that works best for them for their insomnia or whatever it is, now you build that brand loyalty and the person comes back and says, Oh, my knee hurts because I was hiking or something like that. You buy the same brand, their inflammation product that is also genetically aligned or endo aligned to you. So being able to bookend that experience. And the third part of that is we use artificial intelligence and deep learning to learn from that experience. So there's a feedback loop mechanism. So it comes back and we know the different genotypes respond differently to different, uh, uh, you know, strains or, or formulations. So we, that learns from that experience and we're able to make better suggestions. And people have lifetime updates because we're involved in clinical trials and studies right now. And there's a, a lot of different studies that are going on around the world. So as those studies get published, our AI pulls that in. We make a decision whether to use that. So your reports are always updated with the latest and greatest information. That's so cool. I had no idea. And I'm really excited about this because once we're done, I'm actually going to go and I'm going to, you were telling me how I could upload my 23andMe results um, up to this, up to your platform and and just get all the information hooked up and, and get my results that way. So now I'm really excited because I'm curious how different, how different formulations, um, of CBD products work differently. And I know sometimes yeah. there may be um, additions of lavender or chamomile or, or yeah. other things like that in different products. But I'm really curious to see based on my genetic profile and makeup how or, or what different products would be ideal for me for different things like sleep, uh, anxiety, maybe inflammation. Um, so that's really cool. I had no idea about that. Yeah. So 
Len, with that, could you walk us through the process of what it's like when somebody goes, orders their kit and just, you know, from opening of the box to, to getting their results, what is sure. that process like? Yeah, I'll try to visualize it. So you can, you can go on endodna.com, purchase a kit, uh, or you can upload your raw data from 23andMe, Ancestry, and anybody else. So if you upload your data, uh, you get your results instantaneously. Uh, however, you are limited on the coverage of SNPs based on what 23andMe and Ancestry covers. So it's not as comprehensive as the full kit. Uh, so let's talk about the full kit. You order that or you buy it in the store, because we're both available in stores and retail and online. You get the kit, get it home, you open it. Uh, you would The first thing you would do is read the instructions. Uh, you shouldn't eat for 20 minutes uh, before you swab. Uh, there's a tube. You uh, open the tube. It's a big Q-tip, a buccal swab. You swab inside your cheeks. You put it back in the tube and you register. So every single kit has a unique license code and that is your key. That's your registration. The data, we, we sit on an Amazon AWS platform. We're HIPAA compliant. The data is fully anonymized. So I want people to really, really understand that I'm, I'm going to hammer this home as much as possible because everybody thinks we're going to steal their DNA and sell their DNA. Uh, if your DNA was so important, somebody would already swipe swiped your uh, Starbucks <laughs> cup and they've already cloned you. So don't worry about it. You're not that important. Uh, but no, <laughs> the, the key is that we want people... Uh, we are going to do research and we're going to do studies, but they're anonymized, meaning that we want a thousand people with the same genotype that had this experience and not necessarily Len May's DNA. It doesn't matter to us. It's not the point. So if you do not register your kit and we have people that forget, we will never be able to match the DNA to the individual. So it's very, very important to register. So you register your kit, you put the, uh, the actual swab back. There's a bio bag. You put it in a bag, you put it in a self-addressed stamped uh, uh, envelope box that's there, and you ship it over to our lab. It takes several weeks to do your genetic uh, sequence. Uh, once, you, once the genetic sequence is completed, uh, then you will get an email that your DNA results are ready. You will log in to your portal, which is on mydna.live. And once you put in your login and password, it'll decrypt that information and you're able to get to your results. So when you go to your results, I always suggest that people start with a summary. So the summary shows you uh, your genetic predispositions, all the different categories. We have over 160 different reports in 57 different categories, and we're just launching about 35 more uh, that I'll tell you in, in a minute. But what it does, it's color-coded. So it'll say green means that there's no variant detected, so there's no genetic risk uh, that we found. Yellow means there's a variant detected. That means there is a slight genetic risk in that category. And I'll give better examples of that too. And red means there's multiple risk. Uh, there's multiple uh, SNPs found or, or variants. Uh, that means you have an exponentially higher risk of that genetic, uh, of that genotype being expressed. An example of that would be, we talked about anxiety, uh, stress. Uh, it can be uh, depression or depre or mood. Uh, different things, pain, some people are more susceptible to inflammation than others, uh, can be metabolism. All these different things are have specific reports. So when you see your report, you click on the individual report, and the individual report gives you several different things. Number one, it gives you the explanation of what that symptomatic condition is. 
it gives you the science behind it. So these are the, the genes that were used. This is the reference for that. It shows you how you can compare to other population groups, which is extremely unique to us and very, very important because based on your uh, ethnic background, these genes, this genotype may be more prevalent. So you've, if you're East Asian descent, maybe the general population of 60% has this, but if you're of African descent, maybe it's only found in 10% of the population. So you'll have to see based on that, uh, what aligns better with you, your, uh, your background, your genetic background. Then we show you uh, your genotype. We have an FAQ, so it addresses any questions you may have. And then there's a suggested ratio. So it shows you your suggested ratio. And by the way, I skipped over stuff. There's a survey also that we ask. Uh, so the survey allows us to know what is happening to you in the moment. So just, be having, just because you have a genetic predisposition to insomnia, you may not be experiencing insomnia. You may be experiencing you know, anxiety or inflammation or something else right now. However, you have a genetic predisposition for that. So the survey will allow us to serve you up a personalized wellness plan based on what you're experiencing in the moment, so you're epigenetic, but we'll still give you the other information. So this is your ratio. It gives you the ideal ratio of, as I used before, one-to-one uh, with uh, beta alpha and linalool as your primary and secondary terpene profile. Explains why with references to each one. And then if you want to move forward, you can go to your personalized wellness plan, and then you can look at your product matching uh, database. So the, the personalized wellness plan looks at every single genotype where you have a risk, an assessed risk, and it shows you one formulation to address that specific uh, risk allele. And then, as I said, you can click on the button and see what, uh, what is available in the marketplace that matches your, uh, your results. Um, so that's basically how it works from soup to nuts. There's a couple of things that I want to make sure that people are aware of. Uh, we've been asked, okay, I got it. I don't care. I know that's scientific and I, I don't care about the science. I know it's signed. Just give me one single thing that's going to take care of all my needs. And I asked the question, what in medicine of any sort, of therapeutics or, or supplements, what is that one thing that you can take that'll take care of everything? It doesn't exist. So it depends what it is you're trying to address. So I give people an example of NyQuil and DayQuil. So if you have your daytime formulation, maybe focus is one of your challenges. Uh, and so you have your daytime formulation. It's a higher CBD, lower THC, different terpene profile. That's your DayQuil. That's your daytime formulation. At night, you have an unwind formulation, something that helps you with your insomnia. And if you take that, that's your nighttime formulation. And that's your NyQuil. So just make sure that you don't take your nighttime during the day and I think you'll be fine. So that's kind of how it works. That's so cool. Hats off to you guys too, for being able to develop all of that and making it such a seamless process. One thing I, I wanted to, to get your take on, which I, I think you touched on just a, a little while ago was how do you foresee things like supplements and the foods we eat and, and nutrition, how do you kind of foresee those things interacting with, um, with different, uh, different cannabis products that we decide to incorporate yeah. into our wellness regimens? And is there a way uh, to do some kind of, you know, testing to kind of predict yeah. and mitigate some of that risk that, that you're doing already um, with, uh, with endocana? Yeah. So um Right now, currently, Endo has a couple of the different things that we've already uh, released, and then I'll tell you a couple of things that are coming out. 
So the first thing we did is a drug-to-drug interaction database. So we have over 200 different prescription medications, both generic and and, uh, with the brand names, to show you that there is an interaction between that prescription medication and a cannabinoid formulation. So give you an example of that. Uh, I've had calls from people saying, or emails, people saying that I'm on my SSRI, my antidepressant medication, and I want to, I'm taking CBD, and I'm trying to get off of it. So for certain people, the CBD can actually inhibit the efficacy of your prescription medication. For other people, it increase the efficacy. So understanding there's an interaction between you know, some medications and also blood thinner medications, et cetera. So we have that database already uh, to show people that there is an interaction and speak to your healthcare professional. It doesn't mean that you can't consume it. It may mean that don't take it the same at the same time, stagger your consumption. And how do you know how much to stagger your consumption? Well, it depends on what type of metabolism you are. So if you're an ultra rapid metabolizer, maybe you can wait 20, 30 minutes and then take your CBD after your prescription medication. Or if you're a poor metabolizer, maybe you have to wait several hours. So that's one thing. And then we, we've done the same thing for supplements and nutrients. Our report shows uh, vitamin and nutrient deficiency predispositions. So if you have predispositions to vitamin D, vitamin C, uh, you know, iron, zinc, all those things, Genetically, it shows that like I have a genetic vitamin D deficiency predisposition. So I take my supplement, my vitamin D supplement along with sun and everything else. I think everybody has a vitamin D deficiency, but some people have a genetic predisposition to that. However, uh, zinc is one of those two, but zinc uh, has been shown in studies to have, uh, or cannabinoids have uh, reduced the efficacy of your zinc consumption. So you have a genetic predisposition to that. And we flag that uh, for supplements and nutrients as well. I mean, you might, you, you brought up a great point because just because you have a genetic predisposition to something, it doesn't mean that that genetic predisposition is going to express itself. The overall goal of our test, uh, we have two things. Number one is for people to avoid an adverse event. We want people to have an optimal experience and not to have a negative experience with cannabis. That's number one. Number two, it's being able to empower people with knowledge and information that they can take on and do something about it. So people say, my parents used to say to me, oh, it's in your genes. There's nothing you can do about it. Well, that's not true. There are certain genes that you can't do anything about, like you know your predisposition, your height, your skin color, your eye color. Uh, your hair color or your male pattern baldness like I have. That's it. I can't, I can't do anything about that gene. But other genes, you can control your expression based on what you do, based on the, the nutrients that you put in your body, based on your physical uh, shape, based on your, your mental health. There's a lot of things that you can control. And think of those genes as on and off switches. By you doing something, you can control your epigenetic response. So you're not helpless. You are empowered, but you are helpless if you do not know that you have that capability. The more you know about yourself, the more action you can take, uh, the more biohacking you can do, and the better optimal experience you can have. Don't forget, not just cannabis, your full endocannabinoid system. And that's the goal. That's so cool. 
And it's so funny because I was just talking about biohacking with, uh, with a good buddy of mine the other day. And we had this aha moment, that light switch moment. And we were like, wait a second, why do they call it biohacking? If maybe this is just the way that our bodies are intended to, to perform, right. But just because of the, the rush of, you know, society and how we're constantly on the go, constantly working on the next thing, we forget to get sunlight, right. Because we probably, like you said, Len, we're, we're all probably nine times out of 10, we're probably all vitamin D deficient. So we forget to, you know, go for that walk and get extra sunlight. We forget to have that big salad every day to get those greens in. Um, so it's, it's interesting. You brought up biohacking again after, uh, after that conversation, but everything you said is so true. And I almost feel like, like you guys should be in dispensaries everywhere because th- this is almost like the unlocking tool and I'm not even being paid to say this too. So if any listeners are like, oh my God, how much did it get paid to say? I'm Thank just saying. You. A lot of money. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, here's the thing, like with dispensaries, man, you brought up a good point and I'll go back to your biohacking point as well. We've tried to be in a lot of dispensaries and this is what happens. I am all for, uh, you know, I'm making air quotes, recreational use of cannabis uh, mm-hmm. because, but it's, it's everything that you, Cannabis is a therapeutic tool. It's I would refer to it more like adult use instead mm-hmm. of recreational because every single time you alter your mind and your body in any way, it's a wellness therapeutic product, a supplement, whatever you want to call it. But I wouldn't mm-hmm. call it specifically recreational. But the issue is when, when people come into a dispensary, they want instantaneous gratification. And the challenge that we've had in dispensaries is that, you know, Len May walks into a dispensary. I have, my knee hurts. I want something to take care of my knee pain right now. So the bud tender says, oh, well, you know, cannabis is personal. So take this DNA test, take it home, wait three weeks, get your results, then come back. So it doesn't work. So the way that we were able to get around that is to partner and uh, to work on specific products that are indication specific may not be individualized yet, may not be personalized, but they're good for, uh, you know, a lot of people have taken up for insomnia. But what we do is we give you a card with that product to give you a discount off the kit. Like buy this product and use that code inside for $50 off the kit. So now that you have your indication specific formulation, you've left with a product. And now that you're home, you can find that specific group of products that work best for you. And now you can go back and expand that reach and continue getting the price that you need. So I completely agree with you. And when we at a point and we'll, we'll, we'll get there when you can do an instantaneous DNA test, uh, I think it should be everywhere, but I feel every single person in the world should take a DNA test to find out what is right for them, for everything, uh, for your endocannabinoid system, for your nutrition, for your microbiome, everything. Because the more you know about yourself, and look, if we learn anything during this uh, whole time of COVID is that the more that we rely on other people to take care of our health uh, as reactionary health, the less control we have over our own individual health. We have to be a lot more proactive on preventative health measures. And the baseline for that is starting with your, your genetics. So true. I, I couldn't agree more with that. And yeah, to your point, I, you know, people do want that instantaneous, you know, snap of a finger type of relief. Um, 
even in the in the adult use sense, not even in the in the the medical cannabis community. Yeah. I even think you know, I'm I'm sure there have been folks out there that walk into a dispensary and maybe try it for the first time, or maybe they've been, you know, uh, maybe they are veterans in in consuming cannabis, but maybe they they try out that one new strain that caught their attention, and all of a sudden they have a bad experience and they're kind of turned off by it. So to your point, I completely understand. Um, but I, I'm still fighting for you because I, I think, Thank you. Yeah, I think what you guys it. have put together is an unlocking tool. I think cannabis itself and, and all the different, the terpenes, the, everything, every compound of the plant is a tool if used correctly. Now, yeah. this, what you guys have created can just take that to that next level and really help eliminate that guesswork and that trial and error that I, I think almost everybody who's going down the path of wellness is trying to trying to crack the code of. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And on on the biohacking uh, front too, as you were saying, the challenge is that we've we've all come to this country from somewhere else ancestrally. Mm-hmm. So you know how much vitamin D exposure uh, you had through your through your you know genetics, your ethnic genetics, uh, you leave with that. So we have deficiencies because we didn't come uh, from some of those climates. Know, that that were prevalent in in vitamin D, so we we inherit those things through through our genetics. Um, when there is when there have instantaneous tests, uh, you know it'll be much more prevalent. The, the challenge becomes when you are an innovator, when you're a disruptor. And my theory is, uh, I'm a big hockey fan. I, I used to play hockey back when I was in Philly, and my you know I love Wayne Gretzky. And he's like. Uh, you know, I don't know if your audience knows, but he was uh, the greatest hockey player of all times and has all the records and everything. And he used to say, uh, I skate where the puck is going to be. So that's how he scores all the goals. So for us, we that's our motto. We skate where the puck is going to be. So we're ahead of the game. And you're absolutely right. The industry will catch up to us. Think about it this way. When we, I urge everybody there uh, who's listening and who's in the cannabis business, test for terpenes. So it's very difficult for us to take a C of A, a certificate of analysis from a brand and say, okay, we can only give you 50% of the information because this brand doesn't test for their terpene profiles. These are really, really important. So the more the industry rises to how a nutraceutical product is treated, not a pharmaceutical product, you go into your healthcare store, a health food store, and you buy a bottle, you know that that's consistent. It's been tested. All the ingredients are there. All the label is on point. Everything has been regulated. You feel comfortable with that. Now, until we as an industry get to that point, it's incomplete and it's inconclusive. And on the flower itself, the flower also has genetic drift. So just because we, the way that uh, cultivators work, unless you're doing tissue culture sampling, you're using clones, right? So you have a mom plant, you're using clones from that. The further you're away from the seed, the more chance of genetic drift that you have. Also in your cultivation facility, maybe this plant is getting better air. Maybe this plant is getting better light, uh, you know, a little bit more, less nutrient lock, et cetera. So you don't have consistency in that flower, which is, which is fine. If you want a consistent product, you're going to have to formulate a consistent product. But also in your cultivation methods, full disclosure, the way we're going to lift up is test, disclose, put everything on uh, the table, what it is. And uh, there is going to be a level of trust where people can feel more aligned to that product, starting with a DNA test, going all the way through your experience. And, uh, 
you know, and that's that's the way the industry gets to go to the next uh, level and and rise. Uh, and you know, this is a uh, this has been a journey for me. I've been I've been doing this, man. I don't even know. I held I held a rally at. In the, I'm bad at math, so somebody can do the math for me. But my first rally when I was the president of the Cannabis Action Network, I held a rally in 1993 in Philadelphia, um, in the area. Uh, where they have uh, the uh, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, uh, all on hemp paper, by the way. This is back in 93. And my keynote speaker, Elvi Masika, uh, she would light up a federally prescribed uh, USDA uh, joint that was cultivated in, uh, in Mississippi. And I was like, man, she lit it up in front of federal rangers. I was like, my future is around the corner. This is back in 1993. So Pennsylvania just went legal a few years ago. It's a long journey, uh, along with what your you know your your show is. It's it's about alignment of passion. If you really really believe in what you're doing, don't cut corners. Do it the right way. It's going to take you a little bit longer, but you have staying power. And this industry has too many people that came from you know the the gray. Uh, market, I guess, or the black market, you, you want to call. Yeah. I'm one of them. I'm one of those people because everything was illegal. You had to do that. But now, as we're moving into this next cycle uh, with the next administration, all these other things, we have to do better. We have to be do better for ourselves. We have to do better for uh, our customers, our patients. Full disclosure, and let's lift this industry up. Let's remove this pr- ridiculous prohibition and let's get this therapeutic product to every single person that needs it. But it's not a one size fits all. There's no such thing in anything that's a one size fits all. It's all personal. So use that as an experience to guide yourself to something that really, really truly fits exactly what you need. And then it may not be individual, it's personalized, but individual will come with time. Maybe in some sometime in the future, we have we're back to compounding pharmacies who are making you know your own personal formulation for you, and you can get it anywhere in the world because it's legal. So I'm just putting it out there in the universe because I feel like you put it out there. Law just- of attraction. <laughs> yeah, no, I I love that, and yeah, I mean we got high hopes that things will be progressing, just like you said, you know, back from from what it was like in '93, and now we're in 2021, and you know, we made a lot, we've come a long way, but it took a lot of time. It took a lot of energy, a lot of resources, but, but we are making progress. So with that said, Len, thank you so much for everything that you've done, everything that you continue to do, uh, not just for, for yourself and for your team, but, uh, but for everybody that you've had an impact on with, with the endeavors that you set out for, um, before we go though, where can folks get a hold of the endo DNA tests and, how can they reach out to you if they have a question yeah. about any of this stuff or, or want to learn more? Yeah. Uh, so everybody can go to endo, E-N-D-O, D-N-A.com, and they can order a test from there. Uh, we're giving your listeners a discount code, uh, journey10, just so when they check out, uh, put in journey, the number 10, all one word, I guess word and number. Yeah. And then they, they can get a discount off uh, their kit or their, their DNA upload as well. Uh, personally, Len May, L-E-N-M-A-Y, Len May DNA on Instagram, any social, I'm responsive on uh, DM. Um, 
I also have a podcast called Everything is Personal. So if anybody wants to check that out, uh, you can check it out wherever you get podcasts. Uh, it's it's much less geeky and sciencey. I promise. I'm a big music guy, so we do we do dig into uh, you know science and, and cannabis, but we talk a lot about music as well. So if anybody wants to be entertained uh, that way, you know, feel free to join. That's awesome. All right. Well, then listen, we put a lot out into the universe. Uh, a lot of wishes. Thank you for for educating myself and, and the listeners today. Um, that is it for this week's episode of the Major Journey Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we will catch you next week. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate and I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.